Good morning and uh, welcome to you all, those of you who are with us. Glad to see a few more of us are able to be here than last Sunday. And those of you joining us on live stream. Um, those who usually join in communion, um, we're remembering that uh, Jesus died for us, like he told us to, this afternoon. And because of the COVID situation, um, if you're on live stream, uh, you're going to be able to join the communion service this afternoon by live stream, if you'd like to. In the Bible, there's a, uh amazing promise uh, from God to his people. What he says is, if my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and will forgive them and will heal their land. And it's great that we can come to a God who will heal us, who will care for us as we come back to him. So let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you that your promises are in your word and are completely true. And Lord, you know how our weeks have been. You know what we've experienced. But Lord, we're glad that if we come to you, and come back to you. We'll know your smile, your presence, your blessing. And we thank you that you've promised to be with two or three people when they gather in your name. And we pray that we'll have a sense of your presence with you as we worship you today. Amen. I have a few announcements this morning. Um, The first is a reminder... Um, for those of you who have been here a while, and uh, new news perhaps for some of you who haven't, we have a library in church full of great books from the youngest to the oldest. It's in the room just behind, um, so do feel free to make use of it anytime you want to. Um, in a couple of weeks' time, it's Easter, and we're looking forward to opportun- opportunities to invite our friends um, I don't know about you, but COVID has sort of disrupted my um, way of life a little bit over the last couple of weeks, so it's slipped my mind a bit that Easter's coming. So do do think about who you can invite. And after the evening service, we're planning on having puddings, and Vicky's put a list up uh, for volunteers um, in the foyer, so if you could put your name on the list if you're able to help, that would be fantastic. On Monday the 11th of April, um, God willing, we have the funeral service for Amber May Appleton here at Forest Fold. Uh, There will be a private burial in the morning, followed by a funeral service at 12.30. Jackie's been so grateful for the love and prayers that she's had shown to her by so many here, and uh, you are welcome to join the 12.30 service at Forest Fold. If you'd like to come, um, it would be great if you could let Malcolm know, uh, preferably by the end of today, so we've got an idea 
for car parking and things like that. Our first song um, gives us a great focus for what we're here for. We're here to worship the God who loves us. So let's stand and sing, to God be the glory. In our Bible reading, um, we're following on um, from Jesus' resurrection and his his encounter with the people as they walked from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Um, We're reading from Luke chapter 24, and we're going to start at verse 33, which is page 885 in the Church Bibles. 
So, starting at verse 33, and this is what the people um, who had been with Jesus, it got quite late in the day, and this is what they did. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them, and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened, and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See, my hands and my feet, that is I, myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marvelling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I have spoken, to, uh, that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then we're going to read a little bit more um, from the book of Acts, which is written by the same man who wrote uh, the Gospel of Luke. So it's written by Luke. And we're going to start reading at chapter 1, which is in page 909 of the Church Bibles. And we're going to be reading the first eight verses. In the first book, O Theophilus... I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he'd given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his sufferings by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Mark's going to be uh, teaching us from the passage in Luke 
um, a little bit later in the service. Um, But first, we're going to sing, and then after that, Mark's got the children's talk. And the song invites us to come and see the great king of love as he dies to take the punishment for everyone who trusts him. Thank you. 
Good morning, good morning. Any more coming around? Is this all good? Now, I'm really sorry. I had this, this is a really bad way to start. I'm afraid I haven't got any chocolate for you. But we do have some uh, coming at Easter for you. So I hope that makes up for it. Now, I've got a bit of a story for you. And it's about Miss Miller. She's a teacher. And she teaches a class of 19 children. And one of those children is called Jeremy. Now, Jeremy, he struggles a bit in school. He's a little bit behind everyone else and he finds it hard to keep up. And Miss Miller doesn't find it the easiest to teach him. Sometimes it's a bit tricky. But one day, she's teaching them all about the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus coming back alive again about Easter. And she sends them home with a bit of homework, a bit of a challenge. And what she does is she gives them all uh, a plastic Easter egg. And she says, what I want you to do is I want you to take this home and I want you to come back tomorrow with something in it that shows new life. That's the challenge. So something that shows life. So all the kids are pretty excited and they go home and they they chat and they're, they're excited. Jeremy's a little bit quiet. Doesn't say much, but everyone else is excited. Anyway, the next day they all come in and they come in with their with their eggs like this. And uh, the teacher says, well, let's have a look at them. Miss Miller says, so she hands them around and can someone open this for me? This is Kelly. Can someone, yeah, thank you. Can you pop it open and see what Kelly brought in? What did Kelly bring? A butterfly. Wow, it's not a live one, obviously. But look at that, beautifully decorated. Look at that, a butterfly. Why, why did Kelly bring in a butterfly? Yeah. Yeah, well, they come from caterpillars, don't they? And they have life, they're alive. Yeah, and it's amazing, they're beautiful. Well, let's have a look at what someone else brought in. This was the next one. Who's this one? Ah, this one was Dan. Shall we see what, let's see what Dan in. What did Dan bring in? Ooh. A flower. Why did it bring in a flower? Why did Dan bring a flower in? Yeah. They grow. And why do they grow? Because they're alive. And do you know, this is from our garden. It's quite pretty, isn't it? And it hasn't been growing long. So it's a sign of new life. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's do one more. Who's this one? Let's see if I can remember the name. E, that was Emma. Let's see what Emma put in in her Easter egg. There you go. Have to kind of pop it in the middle. There you go. Oh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Do you know what that is? That's also from our garden. Moss. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Not the nicest thing in the world, is it? So I'd have that as well. Lovely. Moss. Yeah, not the greatest thing, but that's what someone brought in. They brought in a rock with a bit of moss in it because the moss was alive. Not the most exciting thing, but it was alive. And then came Jeremy's turn. And uh, so Jeremy handed up. I'll tell you what, I'll do it down here, okay? I'll do it with you, okay? And this was Jeremy's one. Let's see what Jeremy put in. 
What? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's in there. Now, Miss Miller, she thought, oh, Jeremy obviously hasn't understood what they're meant to do. So what she did is she thought, I'll just put it down to the side. I won't, I won't ask Jeremy why he did that. I'll just put it to one side because she didn't want to embarrass Jeremy. Now, a bit later, the day carried on and Jeremy said, Miss Miller, why didn't you ask me about my Easter egg? And she said, well, because there was nothing in it. And Jeremy said, exactly. Nothing was in Jesus' tomb. That's why I did it. It's a sign of Jesus' life. And, you know, Miss Miller, she had thought, oh, he hasn't understood. And, you know, she went away and she cried with happiness because she realised that he didn't understand much in life, but he understood that Jesus was alive, and that was very special. And do you remember when they come to the tomb and the angels say, what do they say? He's not here, he is. He is risen. He is risen. And that was very special. Now, sadly... Sadly, a little while after this, Jeremy died. And do you know, all of his classmates, they all got eggs like this. And they all gave empty eggs. Because all of them remembered what Jeremy remembered about Jesus. That uh, that Jesus was alive. And they knew that because of Jeremy's simple faith in Jesus, that he too was going to be alive with Jesus. And that was something very special. And this morning... In our main message, we're going to be thinking quite a lot about the resurrection. So for some of you older girls, you're really capable of listening and taking in. I'll really challenge you to see what you can hear from this morning. But for the rest of you, just remember, Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. And that is good news. Okay, thank you for listening. You go back to your seats. pray. Oh Lord, we ask that you'll help us to pray, to help us to be confident in our God that because our Saviour lives, we can face tomorrow. Oh Lord, we are so conscious of the fact that we are weak that death comes to all of us, but we are so glad that your power was shown when you raised Jesus from the dead. And Lord, if you can do that, there is nothing that you cannot do. We thank you that you are a mighty, great and powerful God. And we pray that you will turn us back to you, that you will help us to take the crown off our own heads and to give it to the King to recognise that you are King of kings, Lord of lords, that you rule and you reign from before the world began and you will reign forever and ever. And Lord, we are glad that you're not just a God who is in control of the big, amazing things in this world, but you tell us that you know how many hairs we have on our heads. You know what has happened this week. You know the things that have troubled us, the things we have enjoyed. You know the things we have done 
that we should not have done as well as the things that we haven't done that we should have done. And as we think about that, we're we're sad. And we ask you to forgive us. Oh Lord, we pray that you'll save us from covering up and pretending that the wrong we've done doesn't exist, but that you'll help us to confess our sins to you, knowing that you love to forgive, that you promise to forgive everyone who comes to you and trusts you and asks for forgiveness. Oh Lord, we pray that you'll set our hearts free to worship you. Oh Lord, we do thank you that we have great truth to learn about today. And Lord, we ask that you'll help Mark as he teaches us from your word. And we pray that you will take, through your Holy Spirit, your word, and that that will go deep in our hearts and make a real difference to our lives. Oh Lord, we thank you that your word can make a difference to the youngest and the oldest. And we thank you that your word gets shared and spread out and Lord we pray that you will bless what has been taught in Rooted and in the Sunday School. We pray that you will bless what is taught in church today. Oh Lord we do ask that as we look forward to Easter there will be many opportunities for other people to hear about you and to know the truth that sets us free Oh Lord, we do thank you. Your word is really powerful and life-changing. And we want to see more of that working in our country. Oh Lord, you, you know the challenges that people face. You know the difficulties that people have. You know the sadness. You know that there are wars. You know that there are self, there is selfishness going on. You know that And Lord, we pray that you will have mercy, that you will stop evil people doing bad things. We pray that there will be more forgiveness, more love, less selfishness. But Lord, in a world where people live for themselves, where people turn their back on you, we we see and we are sad that that's, producing bad results more and more. And Lord, we pray that you'll have mercy. And we pray that those people who know you, those of us who are your children, Lord, that you'll help us to be light bearers. Help us to share your love with the world that needs you. Lord, we do thank you that you're so kind and you're so good. And Lord, we, we thank you for Amber May and the life you gave her, the love that people showered on her. Oh Lord, we especially thank you for the way that you enabled Jackie to care for her. Oh Lord, we thank you, you're a God who understands what it is to weep, to mourn. And Lord, we pray that you will comfort the family, that you'll be with Jackie, that you'll be with Emily, 
that you'll be with Kitty Rose, that you'll hold them close to you, that as they struggle through this time of mourning, that they will have a sense of you being with them and a confidence that you are good and that you love them and that you're in control. Oh Lord, we, we ask that you will bless them. We pray that you will be with all the arrangements and overruling them for the funeral that's planned. Oh Lord, we are glad that through Amber May's care and through the way that Jackie's been able to talk to people about what you mean to her, many have heard about Jesus. Oh Lord, we pray that people will be able to come to the funeral and hear about the Jesus who loves children, the Jesus who is a saviour, Oh Lord, your word says it's better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting. And Lord, we pray that this will be a time that is really good news for some of the people who come. Lord, that seems against all our instincts, that seems against all all of the pain and the suffering, but we need to be reminded that one day this life will end. Oh Lord, we pray that that service will be one that blesses those who go, that brings glory to you, and that brings real benefit in changed lives. Oh Lord, help us not to waste our lives, we pray. Oh Lord, you are worthy of our lives, and we pray that you'll help us to give them over to you completely so that we know your presence and that we will have a sense that when we reach our end, we will hear you saying, well done, good and faithful servant, because of what you've enabled us to do for you. Oh Lord, we thank you that you take our weak, poor efforts and and use them in incredible ways. And we pray, Lord, that as Mark brings your word to us now, that we will have a sense that you're speaking to us. That we'll have a sense that, oh Lord, you know our minds aren't big enough, aren't strong enough to grasp what an amazing thing you did by raising Jesus from the dead. And what that means for day-to-day life. But we ask, Lord, that you'll help us take a little bit more in, we pray. Amen. So our next song has a line in it, in the chorus, which says, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives... All fear is gone. Because I know that my God holds the future, my life is worth living just because he lives. Let's stand and sing.
Good morning. It's good to see you. Uh, I very much missed you last week. Um, it's good to see you all and welcome to those uh, online, especially if you're still online and looking forward to being uh, back. So good to have you with us. A fair few of you will remember my grandma, Joyce Ralph. Uh, some of you won't, uh, but she used to come here when she was alive. And uh, when she knew that she uh, wasn't going to be living for much longer, uh, she wasn't sad. She knew where she was going. Um, and actually, she was looking forward to it. But there were things that she wanted us as family to know before she left us. She wanted us to know exactly where her will was. And uh, when her children found it, they found uh, notes assuring them of how much she loved them. Uh, she also wrote out a list of instructions for her funeral. And uh, I have some of them here. Uh, There's different things she says, I won't read all of it, but she wanted her dear pastor John uh, to take the service. And she chose some of the hymns that she wanted. Uh, Immortal honours rest on Jesus' head, that was one of them. Rock of ages, when this passing world is done. I don't know how well you all know those ones, but, um, but they reflect her faith and her confidence in God's. And, and just that assurance that she was going to be with God when she died. Uh, she wanted us as well to know the words that were going to be on her funeral sheet. And these were the words that she wanted plastered on, the, on it. His banner over me was love. That was uh, one of the really special verses that was special to her for her whole life. His banner over me was love. And above all, she wanted us to know how much she loved Jesus. Uh, she said... How I've proved Jesus' amazing love, especially since my darling John, my granddad, has gone to be with his precious Lord. There was one last wish, which was her prayer to God. As she faced her final days on earth, she prayed, Prepare me, 
gracious God. She said, he's a great saviour. Well, these were the words that she shared with us. She wrote them down uh, before she left us. She wanted us to know them. And this morning, we're looking at the last words of her saviour before he leaves his disciples. Uh, So nearly 2,000 years ago in Luke chapter 24. He's just about to leave his disciples, but he's not about to die, because he's already done that. There's not many people that can say that, are there? But he's about to go back to his father in heaven. And uh, before he goes back, there are some things that he wants his disciples to know before he goes. And these things that we're looking at this morning that he told his disciples and did with his disciples made a massive difference to their life. And they made a massive difference to my grandma's life. And actually the last words and the last things that Jesus did very much impacted the last words and the last things that my grandma did. Well, the account that we're looking at this morning has some similarities uh, with the account that we looked at two weeks ago. Perhaps it's a good thing that we had a break um, last week. But today we've got eating food again. Uh, we've got a Bible study masterclass from Jesus. And we've got Jesus showing himself alive to his disciples again. So there might be a little bit of repetition, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. So imagine the scene. The disciples have gathered together. The two disciples that walked with Jesus to Emmaus, um, they've now gone all the way back from Emmaus to Jerusalem overnight. They're now mixing with the disciples and there's this excited chatter going on. They're saying, he is risen. There's claims of these sightings of Jesus. I'm sure some of us have been in that situation where uh, you're in quite a crowded room and uh, some big news breaks. And maybe it's on TV, maybe it's online, maybe it's on radio. And there's that chatter, isn't there? Everyone's talking about the same thing. Everyone, what, what do you know? Have you seen any more about it? What, what's the latest? What, is this definitely true? It, there's a buzz in the room. And with the disciples, there's this buzz going on. And then this happens. This is verse 36. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. Peace to you or peace be with you. It was a fairly common greeting uh, but it wasn't Jesus sort of saying you're right. It wasn't Jesus sort of saying hello. He's using the Hebrew word shalom here which means so much more than just how we use peace. It was so much more than just the kind of absence of conflict. It kind of means wholeness, harmony and prosperity. It's quite a lot tied up in there, isn't there? Wholeness, harmony and prosperity. It's kind of this idea of things being good. Things being the way they should be. And Jesus' death and resurrection means that Jesus can now say peace to them and they can enjoy peace in a way that they never could before. He's crushed the power of sin and he's defeated death. And he stands victorious in the middle of them, and he says, peace be with you. (laughs) But right now, they're feeling anything but peace. It says, verse 37, but they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. Now, it may be that Jesus miraculously appears to them here in the same sort of way that he disappeared from uh, the two men when he was in Emmaus. 
Or it may just be that he sort of joins them and just the shock of seeing Jesus there alive is enough to make them sort of startled and frightened. I mean, obviously, they've just been talking about Jesus. They've been talking about seeing Jesus and sightings of Jesus. But still, seeing someone that you saw killed three days ago by the Romans who know how to kill people, seeing someone alive again is enough to startle even the bravest. (laughs) They think they're looking at a ghost. But Jesus wants them to know it is him. It is really him, the physical him. He's real. He's the risen Jesus. And the first thing that Jesus wants his disciples to know before he goes is this. He says, before I go, you need to be sure. Oh, that should have worked out. You need to be sure. Before I go, you need to be sure. Jesus doesn't want his disciples to be troubled or to have doubts. He wants them to be certain that, yes, he really has conquered death. Look at the evidence he gives them. If you're following along, this is Luke 24, verses 38 to 43. Look at the evidence he gives them. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See, look with your eyes. See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. You can imagine him standing there with the nail holes. And he's saying, it is me. You can touch my skin if you want. It's, it's me. And their reaction here is almost quite funny. Because... The evidence in front of them is so strong that they then get so happy that they then almost don't believe it. <laughs> it's a funny phrase. They, they sort of almost disbelieved with joy. It's this kind of thing of, you know, when something seems too good to be true. They almost have that here. They're, they're so full of joy that, that they struggle to believe it. So Jesus takes it one step further. This is verse 41 now. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marvelling, Jesus said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them. Have you ever seen a ghost eat? Jesus is making the point. I'm alive. I'm risen. It's me. It's my body. It's real. And this is important. Because Jesus wants his disciples to go out and change the world. But at the moment, they're all hiding away from the authorities because the authorities are trying to wipe out this Jesus movement. They're trying to crush them, so they're hiding away from the authorities. They're hardly a sort of world-changing force at the moment. If this group of disciples is going to make an impact on the world, and they're also going to face real hostility while doing that. If they're going to do that, they need to be absolutely convinced, without a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus really is alive again. That he was dead, but he is alive. They need to be convinced. Back in uh, 2015, I was involved in a um, a Cardiff-wide university mission. And the big theme for the week was convinced. Convinced. And it was just getting people to think about what they believe. What do you believe? And, and are you convinced by it? How convinced are you by what you believe? About all sorts of different things. How convinced are you about the resurrection? It's a good question to ask yourself. 
How convinced are you about the resurrection that it happened? Well, this week we obviously had April Fools, and uh, I saw a comment um, that was written the night before April Fools, and this is what this person said: "I'm going to bed, and I'm not going to believe a single thing I read or hear tomorrow." <laughs> well, it's a bit extreme, isn't it? But you you get the idea that you do have to be quite careful, don't you? On April Fool's Day, you have to you have to read things with a critical eye. Don't just believe everything you see. Well, maybe that's how you feel about the resurrection. You feel you've got that critical eye. You, you're not just going to believe it. You really want to look into it. Is this definitely true? Can I actually believe this? Or is this not true? If that's how you feel, I want to encourage you to look into the, the evidence for the resurrection. Because Christianity stands or falls on whether the resurrection happened or not. It's that important. It's well worth your time looking at. It really is. And and Jesus has been careful to leave us good, solid evidence that we can examine for ourselves. And Luke, the person who wrote this gospel, he was very careful to jot down things very carefully to make sure that all the evidence is there for us to look at and examine for ourselves. And I know John's talked about evidence recently as well, I think when he talked about the resurrection recently. And, uh, and there's some great books as well that you can look at where it discusses the evidence. What do we know? What are the things we know for sure? But what about if you are convinced about the resurrection? What about if you say, yes, I, I believe, I'm convinced, Jesus is alive? Well, if we are, then we can have the peace that Jesus talked about. We can have that shalom. You know, whatever else is going on in life, whatever enemies we are facing, we can have peace because Jesus has defeated the greatest enemy that we can ever face, death. And he has made a way for our relationship with him to be restored. That's why my grandma was so full of joy as she faced death. You think, well, that doesn't sound very natural. But she was because she had this hope. She knew that Jesus was alive, and she knew that because of that, she too would then be alive with him, which is far better. And maybe life is difficult for you right now. And as I look out, I know that it is for a good number of you, for different reasons, very different reasons. But be encouraged that there is a peace in the Bible through Jesus that is beyond all understanding... And it comes because Jesus is alive. I hope that encourages you. Jesus wanted his disciples to be sure that he is alive because of the difference it makes. But before he goes, he also wants them to understand this. Jesus says, before I go, you need to understand. You need to understand. I'm sure a lot of you have read a book or watched a film where um, you get a massive twist right at the end. Maybe you can think of one off the top of your head. But you get that massive twist right at the end of the film. And when you read that book again or you watch that film again, you suddenly see all the little clues. Have you seen that? Or you suddenly see all the things you missed the first time. And the signs are there. It's, it's pretty obvious, but you just you weren't looking for it the first time and it completely bypassed you. I think I had this when um, I read The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas. don't know whether you've read that. Very powerful book. Some of you might have seen the film. Um... But that last page really hit me hard. If you don't know about it, maybe read it. It's very powerful. But afterwards, I was reflecting on the book. 
And you suddenly see all these things that I hadn't really picked up the first time. And it's, it's powerful, all those clues. And I think it's fair to say that Jesus dying was a pretty big twist in the, in the story. You know, he was the Messiah, he was the long-awaited one, he was the one doing all these miracles, he had such amazing power, and then he's killed. It's a pretty big twist. But Jesus wants his disciples to understand that this wasn't an unexpected turn of events for him. He didn't get caught out, it wasn't like all his plans went up in smoke and he thought, well I'll have to come up with something different. This was the plan all along, this is what it had all been building up to. This is, uh, I'm now reading from verses 44 to 47. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name. Jesus is saying, do you remember all those things that I told you? Those times when you were really confused? Maybe Peter that time when you were really upset, do you remember all this? I was warning you, I was telling you what was going to happen, but you just didn't understand. And as he explains these things and he sort of goes through the Bible, he opens their minds to the scriptures, it says. Suddenly they start seeing all the clues and signs in the Old Testament that point towards him. And they see, oh, Jesus was meant to die and rise again. This is a Bible study, just like the one he did with the, the two men in Emmaus. Now, I wasn't in Rooted this morning, which is our youth Bible study. Um, but we're in a series at the moment called Jesus in Genesis. And this morning they were looking at uh, Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice uh, test um, in Genesis 22. If you don't know it, have a look at it. Great story. But can you imagine, so those of you who are in Rooted this morning, okay, most of you upstairs, can you imagine, right, the disciples sitting next to you in Rooted and reading that story and finally seeing Jesus for the first time in that story? Can you imagine that? So as they're, as they're reading it, they're suddenly understanding, hang on a moment, so Jesus, you're, you're the lamb that died. You're the one that actually died and you died in our place you're the well the ram in that story you're the one that died for us so that we don't have to die you're you're what that story was all about i've always wondered what that story was all about can you imagine them just they're amazed can imagine them just looking at jesus and thinking jesus willingly died for us One of the things I love doing is looking at the Old Testament and sort of seeing all the, the clues and the signs that point towards Jesus. It's amazing. The Old Testament is just littered with all these things just pointing towards him. The whole, the whole purpose of the Old Testament is to lead us to Jesus. That's what it's there for and, and beyond. And often we don't see Jesus enough. How often do we do it where we, we read an Old Testament story and we see a character and we look at the mistakes they made or the things they did well and we think, well, what can I learn from that? And we don't even think about Jesus. Jesus doesn't really come into the equation. You know, when we read the Old Testament, our first thought should be, how does this lead us towards Jesus? Sometimes it will be really obvious, sometimes maybe not quite so much. 
But it's good to think about that. Maybe if you don't know, ask someone. How does this lead us towards Jesus? And it's starting to come together for the disciples. They're starting to understand. The puzzle piece is finally sort of fitting into place. And they understand that because Jesus died and rose again, therefore, repentance and forgiveness can be taught. And this was good news for the disciples, wasn't it? They'd run away from Jesus. Peter had denied Jesus. I don't know how he felt when he saw Jesus again, but it can't have been great, can it? But now he knows there's forgiveness available from the very person he's wronged. So, Jesus has given them evidence so that they can be sure. And he's helped them understand that this was all part of the plan. There is now forgiveness available in Jesus' name. And Jesus says, finally, before I go, you also need to understand, sorry, you need to tell others. So you need to be sure, you need to understand, you need to tell others. This is verse 46 I'm reading from now. And Jesus said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. They are the witnesses. They've seen Jesus alive. They've seen all the things he's done. They've seen Jesus die. And now they've seen Jesus alive again. And and they're going to be the witnesses that are going to spread this news throughout all nations. That Jesus is alive And we need to repent. Jesus is alive and we need to repent. That's the news there to spread. Repentance is a word that we use a lot in church. But we don't tend to use it much uh, in the rest of the world, do we? Sometimes it it crops up, but not a huge amount. But it's it's this idea of sort of becoming aware that the road we're travelling on is not right. And that what we need to do is we need to turn around... And we need to face God and go towards him again. That's the sort of basic idea. It's this sort of idea of realising that it's not right for us to be the king or queen of our own lives. But to turn round, to say sorry and to say to God, I want you to be king of my life. I want to live life how you do it because I know that's right and I've realised how wrong it's been when I've done it my way. And you know, if we do that, if we repent, If we turn to God, then it says we'll be freely forgiven in Jesus' name. We can't be forgiven by anything else. We can't be made right with God with anything else. But in Jesus' name, we can be forgiven because he's dead, was dead, and is alive again. That's the message that they're to proclaim. They've got to wait for a bit. They've got to wait in Jerusalem until they receive the Holy Spirit to give them the power to do it. They can't do it by themselves. But then they are to go to all nations. And that message spread, and it spread to Forest Fold in 2022. It's come to us. And that's the message we still proclaim here at Forest Fold, repentance and forgiveness of sins. And if you ever come along to church, and you're coming along, and you don't hear about these things, repentance or forgiveness, then come and have a word with us, because we're doing something wrong. This is the message, that we need to repent, we need to turn back to God, And that he offers us forgiveness, free 
forgiveness. And that's the good news that I want to share with you this morning, really. If you don't know Jesus as your saviour, you can do, because, because he died and rose again, you can know forgiveness. Jesus' resurrection changes everything. So before he goes, he says, you need to be sure that I am really alive. That's going to make a big difference. You need to understand that this was all part of the plan. This was part of a great plan. And you need to tell others about me and the forgiveness that you can have in my name. just want to finish by reading a bit of this book. I've started reading this recently. I've got given it by a friend here. Very grateful for it. And um, so yeah, I just want to finish just by reading this in the introduction. It's quite striking. It says this, For many Christians, the resurrection is a nice thing to believe, but not necessarily vital. It's the happy ending to the gospel. Or as one friend put it, the big tick after the big cross. It's as though after the dark events surrounding the cross, Steven Spielberg was brought in to do the ending. We need to think again. The resurrection changes everything. It guarantees our forgiveness, empowers us to change, and gives us a hope for the future and an urgent mission in the present. Jesus is alive. And if you have any questions, as always, do feel free to come and ask us. Get in touch with either us or if uh, we're a bit too intimidating, uh, find someone else that you know and that you can speak to. We're going to sing. And we're going to sing one that uh, I believe actually was sung a couple of weeks ago when you thought about the resurrection, or three weeks ago, I think. Um, And we often sing this on Easter morning, but it's good to sing other times of the year as well. We're going to sing it again. And it just reminds us, I think it's especially the last verse. It's all right to go to the last one. I love that. We are raised with him. Death is dead. Love has won. Christ has conquered. And we shall reign with him, for he lives. Christ is risen from the dead. Let's stand and sing this.
Jesus, we thank you that you are the God who clothes faith with certainty. And Lord, I thank you for how you did that with the disciples. And I thank you, Lord, that you can do that with us too. And Lord, I thank you that your resurrection is such good news that it is good news whatever we are going through. And Lord, you know the different situations that people are going through here. Lord, people in our family here, our church family, who are struggling. Lord, I thank you that the resurrection means that we can know a peace beyond all understanding. Lord, I pray that we would know that peace. I pray that we would know that joy. And Lord, for anyone who doesn't know you, Lord, I thank you that through repentance and through Jesus' blood, Lord, we can be forgiven. And we can know you and we can be your children. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that Jesus is alive. Amen.